Welcome in, everybody. Episode 12, Season 5 of the How You Say Podcast. I am Boyd. And I'm AJ. I'm back. I have not died of COVID. Knock on wood. I don't know whether I can still run because I don't exercise anymore after having a kid. I have... I'm the epitome of the dead bod now. (laughs) Was that uh, in question before COVID? I don't know. I'm just saying... Oh, okay. Uh, Okay, so uh, you're a little wheezy these days. Is is that what you would say? (laughs) Well, I've said I had... It's funny. Like, my... uh, So we have said the Peloton is the most expensive clothes like that we've bought. Because now (laughs) all it does is we hang our jackets and clothes and towels on it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, hey, I could find a good home for that Peloton if, uh, if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> well, I will. We needed a whole podcast on Peloton. I find their business practices stupid sure. and annoying. But why don't we just make this Peloton uh, segment and just give me your <laughs> give me your quick thought? Give me five minutes on Peloton. Okay, so here's my five minute spiel on Peloton. It's the machine itself isn't that expensive. It used to keep its value pretty well. I don't know if it keeps its value pretty well right now with its latest crash. The problem is, as a company, you should realize that the machine itself should be a loss leader. And so you should be selling at cost and you should be trying to get everyone onto your subscriptions. The only issue is it's cheaper to subscribe to Peloton if you don't have a Peloton machine. Well, that's weird. What would you do if you a have a subscription if you didn't have the Peloton? So you can Watch. do the classes. You can actually buy another machine which isn't a Peloton machine, and you can do almost everything exactly the same for like thirteen dollars a month. Versus if you have the Peloton machine, it charges you forty dollars a month. Hmm. So it's literally telling you don't get the machine if you just get an iPad. And do it, and you don't want any of the metrics of like how many kilojoules did you burn, and what's your position on the leaderboard. Then, or you yeah. could get a Peloton and then not tell them you have a Peloton, and then subscribe under the non-Peloton subscription. Boom. Yes, and have the i and have an iPhone. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it. Yes. So Peloton sucks, but we have quite a few fangirls, fanboys, fan people. On that, listen to the uh, podcast that are fans of Peloton. Yeah, we're going to need a new uh, segment with our listeners, or, or sorry, our call-in guests. Uh, what are their thoughts on Peloton? Yes, that's what we should do. That should be our question. Do you Peloton? <laughs> how you How you Peloton? New name and podcast. All right. There you go. Uh, do you want to talk about how this week went for you? We might as well. Uh, that's what we yeah. built this podcast on, is telling people what happened in this league, and more so what's going to happen. But let's start with what has already happened. Yes. Shall, shall we start with the matchup between you and I? Oh, yeah, we played each other. I yeah. forgot. It was going to be a mocking matchup, and then I fell sick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, good news for you is it was not the biggest blowout of the week. Uh, I did beat you by 51 points, 116 to 65 uh, just 
we'll harken back to our board bet. You said you could beat me if I took away one of my two quarterbacks. You gave me the option. I chose the guy that actually scored more points. So even if you take out Jalen Hurts' <laughs> score, I still would have been. You got a great 24 points out of Jamal Williams, but no double digits out of anybody else. I feel like I've just had bad luck <laughs> this season. Like, okay. Heineke won, wins the game, does not score a touchdown. Like, did well in the game. And then you're like, okay, did the, uh, did the running back that I have from Washington score a touchdown? No. Did Jahan Dotson score many points? Nope. And then it's like, oh, Alan Lazard, he might have scored some points. Nope. Devin Juvenet, fool's goal. Did not score me any points. It was just like I have not been able to hit on any of my lottery ch- tickets. Sam Howe. That's the great thing about the lottery. They always hold another one. Yeah. It's that meme of if you give up too early, like just keep gambling. Don't ever give up too early. You never know when you're about to strike a glitch. All right. Well, let's move on to the lowest combined score of the week. Uh, Somewhat surprisingly was Danny and Corey. Very surprisingly, Danny ended up uh, victorious, 80 to 73. A couple of negative point performances from each side, negative 2.2 from Corey's quarterback, uh, Kirk Cousins, and negative three from Danny's defense. Uh, So those kind of equal each other out. Just not a lot of points scored in this one, huh? No, like, Dalton has been surprising. He's, what is it, I'm pulling up his stats, but he's been decent. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, he hasn't. Well, the last, uh, he scored 25, almost 25 points last week. He scored eight and four the last two two weeks before that. But before that, he's been, like, 18, 19, 29. So, Yes, an up and down, but not bad for like a bottom 10 quarterback. Yeah, surprisingly useful, I think is, is how we would describe Andy Dalton. Yeah. Meanwhile, on Corey's side, I mean, we'll give him a bit of a break. Uh, he had two different players go out with injury. Mike Williams went out early, and Mixon, I, I don't know what point he went out, but I know that Samaj P. Ryan scored three touchdowns in his absence, so it must have been pretty early. Uh, and so you have to think that he would have scored more points had those guys stayed in. Might have gotten the win. As it is, he falls to 7-4. and four. Danny climbs up to 3-8, and eight, uh, still eliminated from playoff contention, though. Mm-hmm. A- another... Weird. We had a couple of weird chaos matchups. So another chaos matchup was Derek versus Pete. High, yeah. high scoring. A thriller. One, one fifty, almost one fifty one to one forty one. Derek pulls it out by ten points, even with a negative point oh one from Jerk McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Former is... member of Moneybags, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Wonder why I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, quarterbacks, 
that are surprisingly effective. Jacoby Brissett with a 27 last week. Wow. Well, is this the last week for Jacoby? I think uh, it Jacoby is. Has one more week. That's right. This is oh. last week. And uh, Pino had a very solid week across everyone except for, say, Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. He only scored four points. I think that's the only... And he had uh, Kyler Murray go out. But so he had to put in Colt McCoy on Monday. But other than that, relatively solid, and he still scored 141. Kicker. You're not going to talk about Brett Maha? Both kickers, actually. This is is the week of the kickers. I hope we haven't uh, glossed over anybody uh, so far. I don't think so. The year and I kickers scored six and a half apiece, so very solid efforts. Uh, Dan Carlson, nine and a half points on uh, Derek's side, and that was not nearly the story of the matchup. Brett Maher with a 17. I don't know if that's the league record, uh, but it's pretty damn close. I know I read a tweet that in some leagues he scored 29 points. I'm not even sure how that's possible. Um, 29 and a half, actually, because he had five rushing yards, apparently. But... Uh, Big week for kickers. We'll get to another one later on, but Maher, what a stud. All right, but let's move on. We're going to do Laura and Eric, and this was another one of uh, the surprises that you were talking about earlier. 133 to 90, Laura, with the dismantling of Eric's squad. Big performance from Laura's team. Yeah. Again, quarterbacks were the story here. Like Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill's always. I think we always discount Tannehill every year, going, he's not going to do well. He's not going to do well this year. Like, this is the year he's going to fall off. And he is ranked 24th, but that's probably because he's injured. He's missed uh, two weeks. He missed two games, yes. Yeah. And I don't know whether he was injured for part of one, like one of the games where he only scored two. Yeah, he has three games so. under ten points, uh, and one game at fourteen. But the other four matchups, nineteen or higher, or eighteen or higher. So. Yeah, and he looks like he's turned the corner. So, and then Mariota, whom I absolutely hate, like. He's not getting the rushing yards. I'm pretty sure he's getting all of his points. Yeah, he's got like... He gets like one, one, two, three... He's had four rushing TDs, but not many rushing yards. Like, he'll maybe get like two points, three points from rushing. A lot of his points are just basically getting a TD or two a week, throwing for 150 yards, not getting an interception. (laughs) And he gets you the 15 to 18 points. And he's now ranked 13th on the year. And he should be dumped for Desmond Litter. Yeah, he's having a Bortles-like season, you might say. Bortles threw for more yards. He threw for a lot more. Like like Winston and Bortles. Scoring in an effort that is not conducive to winning. Yeah. I don't know. Are the Falcons 5-5? and I I might be full of shit. It's possible. Uh, meanwhile, on Eric's side, just not a lot of touchdowns. Uh, he got touchdowns from his flex and his quarterback, um, but uh, nobody else really did a whole lot. And 
Got to get those touchdowns. All right, let's do Christina against Andrew. Uh, this one looked like it might go the other way, but Christina ends up prevailing 95 to 75. Uh, this was the second lowest winning score of the week, but it was enough to get the job done. Uh, despite starting Trey McKitty at tight end, uh, who got a zero as she prevails over Andrew's skeleton squad. Yeah, Andrew should get a couple of plays back. Like, he should get Chase back. I didn't think he's getting good at it, but, but he will get Dolphins' defense, who has been relatively decent back. Oh, and he's traded away his other players. Yeah, he no longer has got We'll get to that later, though. Yeah. So, Andrew may be, like, I definitely think Derek, Law, and Danny could provide a couple of upsets in the final three weeks of the season and possibly make it a little bit harder for some teams to try and make it into the championship, into the playoffs. Yeah, you're a fan of chaos, so I know you're rooting for that. As one of those teams trying to get in the back half of the playoffs, I I guess I would root for chaos around me, but not with my own. <laughs> you want everyone else to fail. Yeah, and you I will take zero chaos in my own matchups because I should. I should. I, yeah, we'll we'll get to my team in a little bit, but I, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the so, marquee matchup. Uh, this was the biggest blowout of the week, unfortunately, uh, but it was a couple of high-scoring teams, so. I'm not willing to take the L on the selection for a marquee matchup. Ted prevails 176 to 119. He moves to 10 and 1. Uh, Barrett falls to 7 and 4. We knew Barrett was probably going to be missing a few more bullets than Ted, uh, and it uh, came to pass. She got 19 out of Christian Watson Thursday Night Football. She was probably actually feeling like she might have been able to pull an upset here. But we did have a 20-point swing at the kicker position. You don't see that very often. Tyler Bath with a 16-and-a-half, nearly Maher-like. And over on Barrett's side, uh, Graham Gano unfortunately, missed two extra points. Uh, got a negative four on the day. Yeah. I, I don't know if Barrett knew about the win situation in New York, but that extra point, like the first extra point that Gano missed, it started dead center. And just drifted light. And it was just the wind that pushed it wide light. So, like, can't do much about that. Defenses on the other hand. Yeah. Defenses on the other hand scored a combined total of 39 points. Yeah. There was a point where, at a certain point, I believe the commander's defense was scoring about 27, 29 points. And there was no one else that had scored more than 23 points. And I'd posted, is this the, de- is this the week that we see the, a defense as the top scoring position, player, whatever you want to call it? Yeah. Nearly, but, nearly there. Well, I, somebody yeah. on Ted's own team ended up scoring more than that. Travis Kelsey with a 34 performance, 34 point performance. Uh, Ted came close to getting every single one of his starters in double digits, which I'm not sure we've seen that before. Uh, but McLaurin only had a 7.6, Matt Ryan with an 8, uh, everybody else double digits. It was just too much. Too much Kelsey Mahomes. 
so it like let's talk a little bit about the chaos scenario and like the standings. So um I mentioned I wanted this chaos to happen, I think Monday morning, and it did come to pass, which is amazing. We have Ted, who it, who everyone is going for. He's ten and one. He's three games clear of everyone else. Yep. I believe he is also 70 points clear of Pete, 100 points, 100 or more points clear of you and Barrett. So way, way out in the lead. Yeah. Uh, but Bet, it's playoffs. It's a playoff spot. Yeah. Then, you, then it gets clinched, interesting. Yeah, he's basically clinched the one seed, right? Is that what we're saying with the points? Uh, no, because it's only 100. And we've got three weeks. Like, you just have to beat him by 30 points a week. And because we've had these wide, wild swings where Barrett could score 170 and Ted scores 110, right? now you've just cut that down to, like, 30 points for two weeks. So yeah, he hasn't yet got the one seed locked in, but it's getting close. You then have, because of the chaos scenario... Barrett and Corey on seven wins. And then you have one, two, three, four, another four teams on six wins. And then you have Derek on five wins. Now, technically, the who who's the sixth seed right now? Uh, it is Eric. Eric is Eric? the sixth seed. Okay, yeah, sixth seed. So Christina is out on points. Derek is out on points and um and a game. And there's about a seventy point to eighty point gap between Eric and Christina and Derek. But it's one match. Like no one is. I don't think any of these other eight teams. Other seven teams are out of it. Like any of these seven teams could make the playoffs, and any of them could miss out. You're not like yes, you could say like oh, Corey, Barrett, Pete—they're more than likely to get in. But who knows? Chaos will rule. Okay. Do you want to dig into the schedule a little bit, or are we too far out and too many scenarios at this point? So. One like there's one thing which I want to get into, which is I and we can kind of let's get into that. Let's put a pin on that, and I want to go into the trades and waivers that just happened. Yeah. Okay. So waivers, and then going to like the what we suspect could happen. Is it in four hours time or is it in twenty eight hours time? Do you know the trade deadline? Twenty eight. Okay. Tomorrow um, at night is the trade deadline. Tomorrow, Thursday, after the Thanksgiving games. Okay. Correct. So, one thing which I wanted to talk about, well, look, let's talk about waivers and say that nothing really happened because I believe the office report was really bad. It was like defense, 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 Samaji P line. Yeah, there um, were there was even a second bid on any given player. Yeah. So let's move uh, on. Pete, Pete just wanted every single defense. That's <laughs> he like wanted a defense. He didn't know which one it would be, but <laughs> okay. 
right, so let's well, do the trades. Yeah, so the trade deadline is tomorrow, but we have, like we've seen in the past, uh, people are getting a jump on things. They're they're opening their presents Christmas Eve instead of waiting for Christmas morning. So we had a flurry of activity starting, I believe, during Monday night, uh, or it might even have been Sunday. Um, yeah, like, but uh, we we did have some action before the week started, and so. Let me just get to that. So we had a trade go down Friday last week, which was Dawson Knox and AJ Brown. Um, Andrew basically selling the last bits of his farm, uh, AJ Brown, and getting back Dawson Knox, who I don't know if there's any keeper value in Dawson Knox, but he got $13 for AJ Brown. How do you see this trade? Uh, yeah, it was the last obvious domino, I think I would say. Um, you know, we don't know what Laura's going to end up doing. Uh, we are near 28 hours away from the deadline, and there's no indication that she will be selling. Uh, but if she does not sell, then that's kind of the last star. Um, I, okay. I, I want to get into that in a little bit. Yeah, okay. I'm more of a wide receiver guy than you are. I think that seems about right, uh, but I, I don't know. Maybe you're going to tell me that's too much for a receiver? I think A.J. Brown is... I am okay with this trade. He's a number eight flank receiver. receiver. Had two bat down weeks, so you're hoping for him to uh, bump back up and be like a top five receiver. So... And then I look at, like, the only annoying thing is he's going to have, um, who's Diggs's brother? Trayvon? Trayvon. Trayvon? Yeah. Trayvon Diggs in week 16. And I think Latimer, New Orleans in nah, week 17. Back, yeah. Okay. And I don't know if Chicago has a lockdown corner. I don't think so. They're not so that's not like, that's not the greatest schedule. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, but AJ Brown's good. Like, if that's what gets you into the playoffs, that's good. It gets you in. It, will he help you out tremendously in the playoffs? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, uh, Eric had a need. We were already thinking his second receiver was a little questionable, uh, and assuming that was Tyler Boyd. And then Cooper Cup went down. So this is the immediate Cooper Cup replacement for his team. And he's, you know, fighting for a playoff spot. And so he probably felt the pressure to make a move a little bit more than, I don't know, Ted or Barrett, for instance. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, good, good job getting $13 for Andrew. And we'll see if it works out for Eric. Yeah. So the next trade, I believe, was probably agreed to and everything else before. Monday night games, maybe light off the Monday night games. Uh, yeah, during but, Monday night games, actually. Okay, uh, why don't you talk about uh, it? All right, so Corey's been trying to hit me up for a trade pretty much all season, and nothing has really tripped my fancy. But I find myself in a spot in which I don't trust a whole lot of my receivers. The, the DJ Moore Foundation is once again accepting donations. Uh, Devontae Smith has had a bit of a resurgence, but... You know, his three-point game is coming. And if I'm going to make a serious playoff run, I got to have somebody to go with DK. Somebody perhaps even better than DK. So as we said on last week's podcast, I put up my quarterbacks uh, just to kind of see what kind of interest 
make a gauge. And so that's where the conversation started. Corey was looking for a quarterback. Uh, I also had two tight ends that I felt pretty good about in Kittle and Fryermuth. And so I basically dealt from a position of strength to acquire a position of need. And, and same for Corey. He needed a tight end with uh, Kyle Pitts once again busting, uh, this time due to injury. Uh, he still sucks. So he got Garoppolo and George Kittle, and I got CeeDee Lamb and Russell Wilson just to get a quarterback back. And so I get the elite receiver, he gets the elite tight end, and we both get middling quarterbacks. I obviously like my side because I did the deal, but uh, how do you feel about it? I I think like Wilson could turn it around, but it's been so many weeks. It's been through the bye. He looked a little better this last weekend. Yet, he didn't throw any <sighs> touchdowns, but he also didn't turn the ball over. So yeah, so. I struggle with whether you'll actually start Wilson. So, and no, the answer is did no. you I, I did you sell? Hurts. The, so the question now becomes: Did you sell high on uh, George Kittle, or well, did so, you, you that, sell on Corey Bar on an upswing? Yeah, we uh, Corey was perhaps on tilt a little bit, scoring 73 points and getting, I think, a combined eight points out of his two quarterbacks last week. Uh, couple that with George Kittle's big game on Monday Night Football, uh, along with his boy, Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think those were the perfect storm factors to get this trade pushed through. So, no, Russell Wilson will not be starting with me unless there's <laughs> a injury to one of my top two quarterbacks. So, for me, it was getting cd lamb and i still have what i would say if we're talking backup quarterbacks i have a guy that i can plug in and feel reasonably good about getting 15 yeah. points i mean last week not standing obviously uh you know Corey side did he is is jimmy all of a sudden better than you know at the time he made the trade he still had kirk cousins and matthew stafford uh now he doesn't but uh at the time like is he in that same vein is he a, a step above uh, is he a guy he's going to be able to rely on down the stretch? He, he's pretty good about getting 16 to 17 points every week. Uh, so uh, what I'll say is I like your side of it in general. I think that okay. the likelihood of Jimmy producing another 26-point performance is very low. Um, and I think players will ski- – you know, like Kittle had a good week, but Arizona gives up a lot of points to tight ends. So I think you sold high on both those guys. And Lamb should be good. So, yeah, I give it to you. Okay. So next trade that went down a few hours later was uh, Cordell Patterson for Dallas Goddard, who is on IR. And so I think this is Pete. Basically, no money. So, Andrew getting the keeper value in a $6 starting running back for Dallas Goddard, who is nothing. So, I really like Andrew's side of the uh, trade here for just that aspect. And I don't mind Pete's because I don't think Pete would have ever started uh, Patterson unless there's injuries. And he can wait for Goddard to come back. 
Yeah, not unlike me with Jimmy, uh, Cordero Patterson doesn't provide a whole lot of value to Pete because his roster is so loaded, but he is still a valuable asset. And so I, I like both sides of this. I mean, Andrew getting a running back uh, in which, you know, we know running backs are scarce for keeper value. And Pete, you know, let's not forget the Dallas Goddard's keeper value. I loved this. I'm pretty sure uh, that I said that I loved this pick before the season started uh, as one of the values of the draft. And and he's making a bet that Goddard is going to be back by the playoff run and he's going to be healthy and productive. And if it works out, then a pretty reasonable cost to pay for a upper tier tight end. I mean, we just saw uh, the price on George Kittle was something around CD lamb. Um, you know, the, the quarterbacks maybe skew that a little bit more, but uh, you know, to give up quarter Patterson and still get a guy that is in the conversation as George Kittle, at least um, I think is a great job by Pete. Mm-hmm. Then, an hour later, Pete goes in again. And this is the first time I've seen, like, a one-player trade. I didn't know we could do this. And I also did not know we could do this. Where Pete gave Keenan Allen to Corey for... How much money did he give? Five dollars. Yeah, this is... I, the, yeah, and it was straight up Allen for five dollars. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I, I'll go first. Like, I yeah, think you go first. He, he has Mike Williams at the time. I don't. I don't think. Like he has Mike Williams at the time. I I'm really confused by this because he's been injured. This is not a. And as you mentioned before, he needs wide receivers. This isn't something where. You can wait. Oh, I'm going to make the playoffs. If Keenan Allen becomes Keenan Allen again, I have a like another quiver, another arrow, right? Another arrow in my quiver. There it is. <laughs> another bullet in the chamber. How about? No, nah, well, I like my arrows. Bullet in the magazine. All right. Anyway, what, what but, are we trying to say? We're trying to say that you would have liked Corey to get somebody you can rely on a little bit more. Yeah. Like, this is more of a wait and see, and he needs him immediately. Yes. And it's not like Corey's flush with cash either. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't like All this trade right. for Corey. I will take the uh, Pete angle of this trade. I, I'm not sure I understand this from Pete's side. He's Pete is, six and five right now Corey is seven and four they are both playoff teams and he is selling a possible but look, so, we're, we're not sure you can rely on keenan allen but if he's keenan allen you just sold him to your rival for five dollars and you got nothing back you basically let Corey add him for free i know you got five dollars next year and that's great but you basically let one of your opponents add a potentially useful receiver in which Corey was very light on receivers, especially after the CD lamb trade, um, which was part of the reason that I like that trade from my angle is I, I kind of took out one of Corey's legs there uh, at the receiver position. I mean, obviously he got a tight end, but it forced him to make a move like this to try to rebuild that receiver position. 
Um, I yeah. So there's one there's one angle to it, which is on Monday morning, uh, Monday morning, Tuesday morning. Pete had and still has like now. He had a actually on Tuesday morning. He had three guys in his IR spot, which were IR ineligible. So he couldn't actually make any moves, like even any roster moves to uh, move players in and out until he fixed his IR problem. What's going... And so what I offered to him, and he was carrying like an Arizona... He was carrying all three Arizona quarterbacks. So yes, he could drop one of them. (laughs) Uh, Like he could drop like the third string guy. But he still needed a little bit more space. And so me, in my when I saw this on his roster, I was like, hey, I'll give you Jamal Williams for, say, Lashad White. Uh, who did I offer? Lashad White, Jameson Williams, and some other player. Basically giving Pete a piece that he could use this year for a lot of nice keepers for next year. Mm-hmm. Right? He mm-hmm. went, no, I'll... He, he rejected it, going, no, he really loves Jameson Williams, ah, yeah. and he can make it work. And so, yes, he's carrying a second defense. Yes, he's carrying four quarterbacks. So he's going to have to do some fun. And again, Pete was like this morning, oh, yeah, I've got quarterbacks for sale right now, for obviously money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm looking at his roster again, and I'm like, I see Kyle Mully's not injured. He's going to have to move. Well, you can switch Goddard for Moe. That's fine. But Jamison Williams is going to come out. Like, There's going to be some crunch there. Also, how in the hell is Odell Beckham ruled out right now? He's not even on a team right now. We got to look into the stashing of Odell Beckham on his IR. That's yeah, he wasn't, in, he wasn't ruled out when I had him. No. No, I don't know what happened there. That I, we got to get ESPN to fix that pronto. Because right. anyway. uh, I, at the end of the day, I think I like it from Corey's perspective. I mean, if Keenan Allen never plays, then he's going to have to make another move. But for five dollars, the potential of getting Keenan Allen uh, is a, a check mark for Corey. Yeah. All right. Next trade. Uh, Derek traded away Drake London to Corey. Corey gets himself another receiver, uh, and he sent back Matthew Stafford. Uh, Matt Stafford reunited on Derek's team. Uh, okay. So, firstly, I'm gonna take this with the notion that Derek is wanting to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only way this trade makes sense. Otherwise, this trade makes no sense. Like. Value-wise, everything-wise, Stafford versus London, straight up. I would love to have London. Well, outside of the Burrow-Andrews trade, which was a pretty obvious signal, uh, he's been trying to go for it this whole time. You know, despite our predictions to the contrary, he has insisted his team has a chance to make the playoffs, and he might be right. He's a game out, gets himself a quarterback, you know, Matt Stafford currently in concussion protocol, but assuming it's not a lingering thing, then uh, I would say that's not a half bad price to pay for a starting quarterback. Yeah, I, uh, sure. Agree okay. to disagree. All right. Okay. 
The final trade so far was Corey again. Kurt Cousins, Darnell Mooney, $6 to Christina for Davis Mills and DeAndre Swift. Before Davis Mills got benched. Mm-hmm. Davis Mills just got benched. DeAndre Swift is still injured. You have to say that Christina just robbed the bench. Uh, I'm sorry, robbed of the bench? The bank. Robbed the bank. Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah. This, I don't know. It's interesting because Corey acquiring a running back like DeAndre Swift, uh, is it in case, is it just for insurance? Because I am sure Corey has every intention of starting two quarterbacks, which means you can only start three running backs which means who are you benching out of Etienne, Mixon, Eckler, and Swift, assuming they're all healthy? Um, I, they, there may be another shoe to drop here. Um, I don't. Is, do we have to check oh. on DeAndre Swift's keeper value? Is he just is he acquiring keeper running backs once again? I don't know. Maybe it's No, no. Etienne's on bye, or Etienne just came off bye. <laughs> Mixon's had his bye. Um... And Eckler's had his bye. Yeah, so there's no buy issues. I don't know. I think. Yeah, I think I'll go with Christina's side of this. Yeah. All right. Well, that was it for the trades up until the recording of this podcast. Uh, Are there any other trade deadline issues that uh, you'd like to discuss? Yeah, so basically you were talking about like, are we going to have more? Is there going to be anything? And one thing which I wanted to say was of the people, of let's say all eight teams, I'm not going to include Derek. I'm going to say everyone but Derek. Hey, The highest budget. Derek has moves hmm? to make. I guarantee Derek will make at least one more move. What do you think about that? He can make one more move, but I've talked to him and he doesn't want to spend money. No, okay. So, this is where I'm getting it. Christina has the highest budget of the of the top seven teams at one hundred and eighty four dollars. Corey has the lowest at one thirty three, but like Eric is one sixty three. Ted is one sixty seven. You're 174. Bellet's 174, right? Uh, Pete's 171. So I don't know how much further everyone but Corey is willing to dig in, right? To like open, to basically buy more players. And on the other side, like even if Laura sells a little bit, who's going to buy? Like that's the. If we say Laura, as you were saying before, is the only team with clear intent, like clear direction of yes, you're not making the playoffs. Yes, you should sell. Who's going to buy from her? Um, well, uh, I would say that Christina probably still has a need for a receiver. Um... Yeah, but you're not getting Armin Laura. And then it's like, well, Amari Cooper 
could be on the move. Sure. But is it Mali Cooper or Cortland Sutton? Cortland Sutton, I suppose. I would say Cooper is probably the most obvious guy just because, you know, people kind of take him for granted every year. Every year he is on our list of best values because we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. We tend to remember his three for 30s more than his eight for 120 and a touchdown. But he's been, I would say this is one of the more consistent years Cooper has had. Uh, and I would say but now, would look pretty good in Christina's receiving core. Possibly a move that Derek could make if he can somehow get some non-dollar value going back the other way. Um, I would be interested in a guy like that. Eric, you know, he now has Pittman and A.J. Brown, but does he look to upgrade his receiver depth or take another shot at a starter? I, you know, let's not rule out I, I think receivers, I, the story and, and Corey, of course, um, I think receivers will be the ones that are talked about the most and most likely to be on the move at this year's deadline. I, I will say there may be one or two other minor moves, but I'm not thinking we're going to see a blockbuster trade go down. Okay. Proves me wrong. <laughs> I would love to see it. Well, I would say that there are a couple of contenders that might have question marks at the quarterback position. You know, Ted, despite uh, having a very good team, uh, is still starting Matt Ryan in the OP slot. And maybe he just says, fuck it. I've got enough skill position guys. I think McLaurin or Ayuk are more reliable than Matt Ryan. Um, But maybe he makes a move for a quarterback at the deadline. Uh, maybe Eric makes, maybe he's, maybe he loses faith in Gino and isn't quite sure what to expect when Deshaun Watson, I don't know, maybe not him, but, um, you know, I think, I think there might be a couple of quarterbacks, uh, that get discussed. Okay. So, uh, you mentioned before, what about schedules? So let's have a quick look at the schedules. So I'm going to start from the top. So Ted has probably the toughest schedule remaining where he's facing Corey this week, Christina next week, and the toughest of them all, me, in week 14. Oh, geez. Uh, Yes, but it's Ted. He probably, if he wins one of those three matchups, then he's locked up the number one seed. Yep. Um, Then we have Barrett, who has Andrew, Pete, and who does she have this week? Oh, Danny. So, Belle has a pretty, not, like, she has a cupcake first two weeks, and then the third week, uh, she has Pete. But by that week, she may have locked up the number two seat. So. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, if Pete wins twice... Pete's got her covered in points, and so it will still come down to that final matchup. I thought she has... No, Yeah, like, Pete will have to beat her. Yeah, okay, sure. So Pete has to win out, and he'll overtake that. Sure. I will agree with that. But, again, going for the second, like, getting a bye is always nice and fairly preferential, but Looking at the second seed or the third seed, it's not that crazy 
Coley has Ted, then he has Laura, and then he has Derek. Okay. This looks very sneakily chaos. <laughs> Chaosy. Like, Laura is feisty. Derek is, as we've talked about, still in it, and Ted. So, Corey could go from 7 and 4 to 7 and 7. Or be, be 7 and 6 come the final week. And, like, okay. on the cusp, so. All right, so coming up behind him would probably be Pete. What is Pete looking at last three games? Uh, Pete will have Eric, you, and uh, Barrett. So Okay, so a lot of play that, yeah, or potential players there. I will change my original opinion. That is the toughest schedule. Everyone is in it to win it. Everyone is high scoring. So, again, nice chaos implement implications. Sure. Um, okay. Eric on the other side has Pete, as we mentioned, then uh, Danny, and then you. So, two out of three. And I think this is that whole thing. If we're saying that eight teams are still in contention for the playoffs, it's very unlikely that you're going to be facing two or three out of the bottom four teams. If you're facing two or three of the bottom four teams, then you've got a uh, cupcake schedule. But considering, like, both, there's two teams in each division, you can probably only face two of them because they're facing division mates in the final weeks. Um, so let's, if, you, if you're facing... Two of the bottom four teams in the final three weeks, then Cupcake. And I think there is one team who's doing that, which is Christina. Have I got that right? Yeah. Christina's facing me this week. Uh, Ted, week uh, 13. And then she's facing Laura in week 14. So... That's probably the easiest schedule. Oh, yeah. And the other fun one is in week 14, we have Andrew versus Danny. So your division has a little bit tougher matchup where everyone's beating up on everyone mm-hmm. versus, say, Ted's already in. Christina can limp in. Corey's the one, like, he needs to win two, maybe three to get in. And, like, he needs to win two. Well, what you would say about me and Pete and maybe to a certain extent Eric is we are facing the teams that we're trying to leap. And so that is kind of what you want. I mean, I guess it would be nice to just get easy wins against the bottom of the league. But, um, I mean, if you can beat the opponents that you're chasing, then you have control over handing them a loss and getting yourself a win. So it's... It's kind of a double dip of uh, you know moving up and keeping them down. So, yeah, I I agree with that, but I also think that what you said at the start of this podcast, which is almost an hour now, is you want your team to have no chaos, and you want the <laughs> rest of the team to have chaos. True. <laughs> okay, well, let's start talking about uh, the first of the matchups. 
uh, coming up here. We got three games left in the season, so now is the time. Uh, let's go ahead and start with not the marquee matchup, but certainly a contender. Uh, we're going to go Ted Stone, 10-1, and facing off against Corey, 7-4. and uh, As we mentioned, Corey has one of the harder schedules uh, remaining, so a win here would be a boon to his playoff chances. Uh, last time they faced off, Ted won 139 to 106. Uh, current projections 140 for Ted, 128 for Corey. Uh, can Corey even the season series here? I don't think so. I think, like, Mixon being injured a little bit against the Scout Tennessee defense, Mike Williams injured. He's starting both Williams and Allen against Arizona. Let's see. Uh, yeah, we didn't quite cover that aspect of the Keenan Allen trade. He now has two receivers on the same team. And Eckler. And Eckler. Uh, who is a like receiving running back. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so Danny, well, Danny had all three of these players early in the season. I don't think all at the same time. But Danny was on this podcast and said after acquiring Mike Williams when he already had Keenan Allen, I think that was the order of events, he Desperately wanted to trade one of them away because he didn't want two receivers from the same team. Corey says, yeah. fuck that. Give me all the chargers. Somebody's going to get a touchdown, and that person is going to be on my team. Is one, th- like, before we get into the myth, there is a slight reason to do this. Okay. Week 15, it charges face Tennessee. Week which is like a okay hard matchup, and, but it's at home. Then they face Indianapolis. Both teams at dome, so who cares? And then they face the Rams. You know, like, like again, same home ground, whatever. Okay, so you're saying it's all dome games? The, all dome games. Facing Indy in Week 16 is amazing, and Week 17, L.A. at home will be great. Like, these are great matchups, but can he get there? Okay. Like, if he can get there, it'll be high school, supposedly high-scoring matchups favoring the Chargers against weaker defenses. Tennessee, third worst. Uh, Indianapolis, actually number one against wide receivers, so... Um, not great. And then Rams. Oh. Rams are 25th. So two out of three, pretty good uh, matchups. Yeah, the but Indianapolis also sucks. And they're really good against wide receivers because I think they just – no one – everyone gets to a big lead against them oh. and they just run the ball. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so, I'm taking Ted this week. Okay, I am also taking Ted. I want chaos. <laughs> uh, okay, so then next matchup, we are looking at... Why don't you pick one out for us? Barrett versus Danny. Okay. Uh, 140 to 101. 40-point blowout projected. Exactly the same uh, gap in blowout projected uh, that happened last time. 118 versus 78. Mm-hmm. So... Will it repeat? And I think it will. Yeah. Uh, looking over at Barrett's squad here, she's got a lot of top five ranked players on this team. 
yeah. see no reason why that should change. Danny's team still has some names. Debo, DeAndre, uh, Michael Carter, I suppose. I don't know. Uh, but too much firepower on Barrett's side. Give me Barrett. Okay. All right, let's do uh, me against Andrew. Uh, we faced off actually in week five. Uh, I won 153 to 92. Current projections are 135 to 102 in favor of me. And I don't even have a kicker in there. Uh, so we'll just go ahead and make that uh, 139. Um, do you think Andrew uh, can cause some chaos this week? Or would Andrew winning be the opposite of chaos? Do we need me to win to create that chaos? No, I I want there to be pure chaos where like Yeah, I don't know. I I want like I want a six and nineteen to make it into the playoffs kind of thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well that'd be six and eight. Six and eight. Yeah. Six and eight. Uh, Seven and nine, like the old Seahawks. Um, but yeah, so I think you need a win to kind of even it out. I think I do too. Like, I, we, I don't know that we went over my schedule remaining, but it is Andrew and then I think it's Pete and then Danny. That's how yeah, I'm like guessing one. So no, Andrew, Pete, Danny. Andrew, there we go. Okay, so not the hardest, but not the easiest. Sorry, Andrew, Pete, Eric is my schedule going out. So okay. this is the week that I need to get a win because those next two are going to be toss-ups. Uh, I, th- I think I've got a better team than Eric, but Pete, I don't know. Probably not, but crazier things would happen. Um, okay. And I, so, I think we're getting I – don't, I don't think six and eight's getting in the playoffs – Seven and seven, I think, is also going to be a tough sell. I think it's, I think, I'll, here's my bold bet. All six teams are eight and six or better. What do you think about that? I'll accept that. Okay. I'll say there'll be a seven and seven or worse team together. Okay, great. Uh, are you picking me or Andrew this week? I. I will. I am just looking at the. I'll pick you. Okay. I'll pick you because, like, Hunt and Patterson have bad matchups. And so does, I would say, Olave and Chase. So, yeah, I'll pick you. Okay. Let's move over to my matchup where Christina beat me by 43 points. And I think she's projected to win by 20 points or something like that. 30 points, 25 points. There you go. She's projected win 115 to 92. She beat you 141 to 98 last time in week three. Yeah. I am going to pick myself. All right. Great. Um, it is possible that you have uh, better receivers, uh, at least this week, than her. Um, and despite Jamal Williams' three touchdown performance last week and Brian Robinson. What did he get? 18 two weeks ago? 14 two weeks ago? Uh, I'm also picking... Oh, I, I'm picking Christina. I'm the only one picking Christina this week. Give me Christina this week. All right. Uh, next up, we got Derek against Laura. Uh, here we go. So Derek's remaining schedule. Uh, I think we forgot to mention that as well, but he's got Laura this week, and then he's got you, 
and then he's got Corey. So there is a scenario in which that is the cupcake schedule. <laughs> Corey's the ultimate cupcake. That is a scenario in which Derek gets himself to seven and six. If Corey can't pull out a win uh, in his next two opponents, which are difficult, then he could be seven and six, and we could have a winner is in scenario. Uh, I will be rooting for that. So give me Derek this week. Okay. Current projection one eleven to one hundred seven. By the way. Yeah, give me Derek as well. Okay. All right, marquee matchup time. Pete at six and five. Eric at six and five. Uh, Pete is projected to win one thirty to one twenty. He did win ninety one to seventy nine in week three, uh, which was a uh, particularly low scoring matchup, I believe. Uh, well, there's <laughs> Pete has a quarterback position open. Ah, uh, yeah. Nobody currently in the OP slot, so we get to play who is Pete going to play in his OP slot. Probably Daniel Jones, the 10-point quarterback, going up against Dallas defense that will, that put out, like, they're probably going to have a down game this week. It, it's going to be like 144, 143 to 120. Mm-hmm. But let's break it down. Yeah. Position by position. Who are you going to pick? I'm picking Daniel Jones. Uh, I think Pete is going to hold out hope that Kyler Murray uh, plays this week. And so I do not think sure. it's Daniel Jones. Uh, he okay. currently has four quarterbacks on his active roster and then Kyler on his IR. So I'm sure he's waiting until the last possible moment to to see which of his uh, newly picked up starting quarterbacks, Mike White and Kyle Allen, he will drop. Uh, in favor of Kyler Murray. I'm going to say I think Kyler plays and I think it's Kyler. Yeah, it's probably going to be I think if Kyler Kyler. doesn't play, it's probably Mike White going up against Chicago. And so that will probably skew things. So the other quarterbacks in this matchup, Pete has Tua uh, newly acquired a week or two ago. And then over on Eric's side, Dak and Geno Smith. So So let's just say Kyler. Yeah. Okay. So you want to just both assume it's Kyler, or do you want to assume it's yeah. Daniel Jones? No. Let's say let's say it's Kyler. All right. So Kyler and Tua against Dak and Gino. You go uh, Tua and Kyler. Probably, but like you know, Dak uh, is going up against the Giants on Thanksgiving. Dallas usually plays well. Usually high scoring affairs. And Gino going up against Las Vegas, they're terrible. The only quarterback they've held under 20 points is Russ, or something close to that. I think, uh, just for the sake of argument, I'm going to say I like Eric's quarterbacks this week. Okay. Then running back, we have CMC, Derek Henley, and let's just throw in Jonathan Taylor on mm-hmm. Pete's side, who were all potentially last year a top one <laughs> number one RB1 on the year. Or I believe they have be? all been the number one overall pick at some point in their career. Yeah. And then over on and, the side, we've got Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, none of which yeah. have been the number one pick. Cook was close. Yeah. We'll say. Cook. Uh, all right. Are we just saying Pete's running backs or are we going to discuss this yeah. further? <laughs> Pete's running backs. <laughs> okay. All right, wide receivers, uh, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams for Pete, and Michael Pittman, A.J. Brown for Eric. 
Interestingly, Jalen Waddle, number six ranked receiver on the season, on Pete's bench right now. So let's not rule out Pete might actually go with Jalen Waddle in the OP slot and not a quarterback. Could happen. Mm. Miami's playing Houston, who's terrible. But let but I digress. Let's well, let's talk about the receivers that are in there. Yeah, and the uh, AJ Brown is interesting. I like that. But Jefferson will probably have a bounce back. Adams is going to be locked down, but probably will still get 100 yards against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I think that Wait, they I, may... I'm sorry, hold on. So he's going to be locked down, but he's still going to get 100 yards? Yeah, that's what the Seahawks do. It's like, oh, you're the number one wide receiver? Okay, we'll lock you down, but you'll still get 100 yards. Uh, <laughs> you won't have much impact. But it'll be like 10 yards every catch, and you'll do 10 catches. So uh, a lock that's easy to pick, you might say. Yeah, kind of. Right. Uh, it's also... Yeah, I, I like Pete's receivers here. Uh, yep. Eric's receivers have been a little inconsistent, uh, Pittman especially. I, Pittman has not scored a touchdown since week one. Never like to see that. Uh, Brown, I don't think he scored a touchdown in three weeks. Uh, he did score three touchdowns three weeks ago, though. So uh, there's that. So the only weak point of Pete's team right now is tight end, where Dalton Schultz, even though Dallas scored 40 points, 37 points, he scored a measly three points, 3.7 points. Um, going up against Njoku, I. I think I like Njoku, even though it's supposedly a very... No. They said projections are hard, but Njoku is the better tight end of the year. This is is the cover for Dak Prescott, is uh, Pete's got Dalton Schultz, so... No, because you just saw from last week's (laughs) game, I don't think Dak's targeting Schultz. I like Schultz this week, uh, so I will take Pete's tight ends. Okay. Uh, interesting that uh, Eric has Bills D going against Detroit. And Blancos are the number one scoring defense, a really good real defense, not so good defense in our fantasy league. Yeah, Pete uh, his defense this week. Going up against Carolina, yeah. who is now starting Sam Darnold. So very exciting uh, for him, I suppose. And DJ Moore. Um, I think I like Bills D. Yeah, I guess we're going to discuss the kickers in the defense this week. Well, no. Getting down to it, I suppose we got to talk about everything. Uh, yeah, I also like Bills D. Uh, kickers, we got Brett Maher fresh off his 17-point game last week. Does he get double digits this week? Yeah, let's just go with Brett Maher <laughs> against, you know, overall, up and down. Pete, I think, will have like a 25-point advantage when all is said and done, and I will go with Pete. Yeah, I think for Eric's side... I'm not sure Eric can go toe-to-toe if Pete's team performs. I think he's going to need, you know, Justin Jefferson to have his rare four-point game. Uh, you know, he had four points last week. I don't know if that's going to happen twice in a row. 
Um, but you know, it'd be uh, Thanksgiving night. Maybe, maybe he's got a little too much tryptophan in his system. Uh, you need a little sleepy performance out of Justin Jefferson. Yeah, uh, I'll go Pete this week as well. All right. Do you want to uh, talk about your favorite league now? You're dang right, I do. Uh, let's talk about the Vampire League. Uh, the Vampire has now won three weeks in a row, and even more impressive than that, he has been at least the second or highest scoring team in the league each of those three weeks. I, you know, when we have been going over the vampire results, we've, we've mentioned that he's winning, but we have not been mentioning that he's actually been one of the best teams in the league. Uh, high point last week, second high point the week before that, and second high point the week before that. So he goes up. Against, <laughs> yeah. He goes up against me this week. And I obviously am very confident in my team. I'm, I'm 10 and one, but it's not a sit back and relax against the vampire kind of proposition. You know, he's acquired some players. He, uh, he fed on Mark Andrews last week. So all of a sudden he now has four stars, uh, not counting the, the player that he has been picking up off of waivers, but Devonte Adams, Derek Henry, Mark Andrews, Star Christian Kirk uh, from your team uh, to go along with sensation of the year, Justin Fields. He's got Jeff Wilson performing very well. Uh, he is starting two Miami running backs, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, which. So very the well other cooked. fun one is he is just 40, uh, 37 points out of a playoff spot. Yeah. Yeah, he's we, four and we seven. talked about his schedule. We figured he would get to four and seven, and then he was going to face me, Christina, and Danny, who are some of the better teams in the league, and he would struggle. But, you know, with his performances the last three weeks, all of a sudden there is a very real chance that he could get in the playoffs. And if he somehow gets in the playoffs by beating teams with good players, uh, this might not go well for the rest of us. I am picking him this week against you. He's a six-point underdog, <laughs> and I think he's gonna. As long as Fields is like comfortable. Yeah, we don't uh, we don't usually do picks in this league, but I'll I'll grant you that one. Um, I'll pick myself. Uh, I do have the best team still. Um, I guess I would say I'm worried about Derrick Henry on his side. Always, always got to worry about Derrick Henry getting thirty points. Devontae. Devontae great performances in a row um i'm hoping andrews is still kind of slow coming back he hasn't uh scored a touchdown since week six so let's hope that continues um and i would not be disappointed if justin fields didn't actually play so the funny thing is he may be able to cause you a lot of pain because you have two... Well, you've got Metcalf on your bench. But... I've he could got take a lot kills. of kills. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, well, so, yeah. it's funny you should mention that because I have locked up a playoff spot. Uh, I have not quite locked up a first-round buy, but I'm pretty close to doing that as well. Does it make sense for me to maybe bench one or two of my stars just to kind of protect myself a little bit? No, like, 
there, you know, there's conversation about whether that should be allowed or not. And, you know, the way the rules are written this year, it is still allowed. Um, you have too many. Like, if you started your whole bench, you still, I think, will have to start one or two of your prime players. And sure. if you lose, you're going to have to pay up. And so it's like, will he take Lamondre or would he take? I don't know who. Like, you can gut your team, but I think. You well, could. I obviously still want to win. I don't want the vampire to get any more wins. I certainly don't want him to get any more players. So, would it make any sense to bench maybe Barkley and Tyreek, but roll the rest of my lineup out there? Or maybe say, maybe guard Mahomes and start Aaron Rodgers this week? Like, maybe we should start here. If Ted wins this week, and assuming I start my top lineup, who do you think he should take? Hill. <laughs> okay. Tyreek Hill. Because Fields, you have to play with what you've got. And Let's just put it this way. Hill is projected for 19 points, and Cooper's 11. Uh, Cup, you've got, is injured. And then you've got Metcalf for 12. So he would basically be handicapping you by, like, six or seven points a week by just taking Hill. Uh, If he takes Mahomes, he has to give you fields. That's not a win-win. That is true. But yeah, versus if Hill, he take... Well, as it is, if he took Hill, he would have to give me at least Kirk back, which obviously yes. is not great for me, but it could be worse. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, and here's an interesting thing. If you started, say, and I'm not saying that he can or do that, but let's say he started Christian Watson instead of Latavius Murray, right, mm-hmm. in his flex position. Then does he get access to Kenneth Walker? Uh, like, could yeah. he switch It's position Walker? by position. But they're in the same position. No, no, no. That's, that's, uh, because there was a, a week when he gave up Bandy, but he took... Um, I don't know who he took. Yeah, but that was hit Kirk. Um, that was that was the Kirk one. Yeah, so Kirk was your receiver. Bandy was his flex. Yeah, so, I know. No, but that was also the best value for him as yeah, well. It's their given position. So, yeah. uh, no, he would have to give me a running back if he wanted to take Kenneth Walker, which he could do. Okay. Uh, yeah. what? I'll, we'll just we'll close with this. If there's any sort of kind of waiting and seeing is not advantageous to Ted. Ted has uh, all but one of his players going at 10 a.m. Only Devontae Adams goes at one. I still have, would have, Mahomes, Josh Jacobs, and Kenneth Walker. So if the matchup looked like it was going one way or the other, uh, I would have more flexibility to either, you know, pull my quarterback. Uh, yep. Ted, Ted wouldn't be, if it looked like Ted were going to win, for instance, he couldn't pull Adams and put in a Michael Bandy type to really fuck me over if it looked like he was going to be able to take one of my players. Uh, so yes. For whatever that yes, is. Yes, you have should three, do that. I do have three guys. Ted, you should do that. 
Vale. Okay. Well, I think that's enough for now. And I hope you lose both your matchups. I forgot to say that last week. <laughs> I hope you lose. And that's probably why you won. Uh, but, yeah. Good luck this week to everyone. I hope for chaos. I hope for, I hope for more trades. Um, yeah. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Guten Tag from Sweden. Bye for now. Thank you.